Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. Dot edu slash podcast. What's up, Fungal Associates? Welcome to Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about trees and other related topics. My name is Alex Croson, and as always, I am here with Mr. Casey Clap. That's Funk Master Clap to you, Alex. It's Funk Master Clap. You listen to this jam right now? And the Crotones. Oh, uh, yeah. It's actually just uh, you, just a bunch of cavemen. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's what you dress up as. Obviously, you know, <laughs> there's a there's a little bit of oh. a suspended disbelief there. A caveman themed funk band, I feel like, is a really appropriate yeah. sort of theme. Don't you think? Could you just imagine like none of the musicians do? They don't make any faces. They don't get into the music. They just yeah. look like they just look like cavemen up there. Right. I'm I'm thinking sort of cartoonish. Fred Flintstone style cavemen. Oh uh, yeah, okay, yeah. I um, like that. How about this? Funk Master Clap and the Uggs. And the Uggs. Cavemen wearing very velvety boots. Okay. <laughs> what do you, what what is Uggs? Where does that come from? Ugg is like a is like a, a very oh, like a tropic like a, kind of caveman I sound. See. Yeah. Ugg, I got gotcha. you. You know. Uh, well, I, I, I can see it played really well. Yeah. With my I, test audience. I like I like the Cronins better. Cronins, okay. Yeah. Crotones. Crotones, yes. Yeah. I like the Crotones, the best. Well, well, Casey, unfortunately, we're not here to talk about funk. We are here to talk about a wildly named, I'm talking scientific name. Yeah. Tree. What, uh, I'm curious what scientific name you have chosen for this. Well, you're about to find out, my friend. Yes, I am. This is the episode on Alaska yellow cedar. Correct. Calotropsis. Nutcatensis. Ah, I see you chose Calitropsis Nutcatensis. Interesting choice. Now, can I ask, why did you not choose, say, Camisiparis Nutcatensis or Xanthocyparis Nutcatensis or Capressus Nutcatensis? Well, Casey, I have a feeling this is a leading question. No, no, no. <laughs> Something we'll talk about this episode potentially. Yeah, I, oh, I see that this bit. tree was formally called Cupressus nutcatensis. Uh, I think technically it actually is formally and presently. I think the name you oh, wow. chose is the third most recent name. Really? Yeah. It's a, we we'll definitely talk about it. But this tree is it's it's uh its identity has remained functionally the same, but in the background, 
our scientific naming of it mm-hmm. has gone through like 12 changes in the last like 20 years. This is like a company that makes a good product, mm-hmm. but their marketing team are like voracious dogs and they just keep rebranding even though no, no one's asking for it. Yeah, they, it's it's exactly that. Like there's no reason for them to continually choose to do this. Yeah. But apparently they are. I actually uh, just had a conversation last night with two listeners. One is new, his name is Topher. The other is an old listener, great fan of the pod, August. Shout out to Topher in August. I know August. Yeah, you know August. Mm-hmm. We uh, we chatted quite a bit about the uh, about the naming and the should we switch and how deep do we go and is it arbitrary? Is it useful? Sure. To whom is it arbitrary? To whom is it useful? These kinds of big questions. So this uh, this would go towards that question uh, and you know lumping versus splitting versus what does it take to split what does it take to lump it's wow all, it's it was a it was it was a nice conversation what does it take to be a lumper yeah right i ask you this and we will discuss after the break we'll be right back with the alaska yellow cedar the yeller cedar <laughs> right after the break completely arbitrary Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. Today we're talking the Alaska Alaska Yellow Cedar. Yes, and I actually would like to also switch that. We're going to add more to the namingness of this all. Oh my God. Uh, so one of my favorite websites, the Gymnosperm Database, as everyone knows, I frequent it often. I'm more a fan of the sperm database. Wow. The Alex. OG. It's, I guess that is fine. Yeah, you want it to be clothed rather than naked. Is that Pornhub? Is that sperm database? I guess maybe. Yeah, I don't know if they analyze every uh, every sample that is provided, but I don't know. Uh, Why not? Missed opportunity. Maybe that's how they make the uh, a significant amount of their money. Is there actually a science based right uh, porn site? That's what they call their algorithm. Yeah. Right. Nice. Uh, no, Alex, unfortunately not. This is actually um, a situation where this is very commonly known as the Alaska yellow cedar, yeah. sometimes the Alaskan yellow cedar. Sometimes, and we are hyphenating, by the way. Yes. Yellow and cedar. Correct. This is not a true cedar in right. the genus Cedrus. This is a false cedar in one of many genuses, regardless of what the genus is, it is in the family Cupressaceae. Uh-huh. So that... It is not really a yellow tree. There's no reason that it's called yellow cedar, hmm. other than maybe the wood might have a little bit of a tinge to it. That was my best guess. It's it's not even really significant. Like oh, I have the wood book next to me right now. It is not. It is not a tree that's like substantially yellow. To be fair, most wood has some yellow in it. Exactly. So it's know? like it doesn't stand out. You know, yeah. if everything is is the same color, then no, if you call one thing that color, it's not standing out. Right, it needs to be like straight up yellow. 
Yes, exactly. And it's also not really uh, particularly Alaskan. Hmm. Like, it grows in Alaska, but if you were really to say, well, where does this tree grow most? It would be probably BC. Curious. The, the number one place. But it also grows in the Cascades and the Olympics and then down to the Siskiyous and some some mountains here and there down in southern uh, Oregon, northern California. I like to think that that's, a, that's an American thing. It's like, where does this tree grow? Canada? No, 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 no. Uh, what's the closest we Alaska interesting well they we do have things we call the Canada this or the Canada that that's true Casey but um you know I was making a joke wow you sound your joke sounded like a very pointed point Alex it's it's a dry wit oh I see all right all right a dry wit (laughs) well so in the the Uh, in the database here yes they they prefer to call it the Nootka uh the Nootka Cypress Okay, is that a place? Uh, it is. Nootka is a sound. There's a Nootka sound. Apparently, it's also named after a people. Mm-hmm. It sounds, it sounds indigenous. It also sounds expressly Canadian and indigenous, like um, Inuit. Yeah, I, well, I guess so, because it is kind of for the further north up there, but I don't think that it's particularly Arctic in okay. a specific sense. Okay. According to The Woodbook, it's actually named for the Nuchanulth people of Canada. Okay. But I've also read that it's from Nootka Sound, which is also an indigenous term. So either way, that's what it comes down to. Kind of comes to the same place. Yeah. And okay. so that is, uh, that's what they prefer to call it. So I kind of like that too. It's kind of, it throws back to the indigenous uh, people that would be working with it in this area. Yeah. It also, uh, as they say in this, it is neither Alaskan specifically or yellow specifically. So the name Alaska yellow cedar seems completely out of nowhere. This is a hair. This is a uh, Harry Carey moment. Uh, the Alaskan yellow cedar is neither Alaskan nor yellow. Discuss. <laughs> Not Harry Carey. Wait, who was that? That's uh, that's um, the the old Jewish ladies, um, Mike Myers. Oh shit, and that's right. Else. Yeah, that's right. They get for schnicket when right. that's when they have to have you discuss things. Right. Oh, that's my favorite. I love Pardon that me. so much. You are the SNL historian of the two of us. Yeah. Well, thank you. I do that. That was one of the 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 eras that I got into it first. Was right when they were doing that. Stuff. Oh yeah. That's one of my very first. Uh, sketches i think that i saw a classic era it's very classic well casey let's imagine as we do every episode that you and i are traipsing let's say we're snowshoeing yeah through the nootka sound yeah and uh i i accidentally slipped into a creek and i'm dying of frostbite Uh (laughs) uh-oh And hypothermia then, not, and then not in, the, in the moment you say casey as i die as i lay here uh-huh i must know what that tree is <laughs> let's id that tree well i'll talk to no one now because alex has perished so <laughs> oh i get to go to lunch uh this is the alaska cypress or the nootka cypress i have always called it alaska yellow cedar so it's probably going to come back to me very constantly however so this is a tall growing evergreen coniferous tree mm. as we noted it is uh the genus has been switched around to several different things the most common one now which we'll talk about why this is the choice that i'm sticking with is capressus nutcatensis okay capressus nutcatensis is the nutca cypress growing up in this area nutca sound so as you're walking around, you'll find this tree growing at either higher elevations as you go further south or all the way down to the 
sea level if you're up further north. It's like in Alaska, in Canada. Mm -hmm. It's evergreen, has scale-like leaves. And the thing that I love about scale-like leaves is that the closer you look, the better you can kind of tell them apart and see exactly what... uh, what the differences are because normally people see the scale like leaves and they're like oh i can't they look all the same this one looks just like that one looks just like that one looks just like that one you mean on a single tree no on all trees like if you compare the scale like leaved trees to each other sure the only the only difference i know of is like the the all uh, mutation yeah, or there whatever. You go. Yeah. So what you're talking about, Alex, is the scale-like leaves would either be firmly oppressed to the little twig, yeah, or maybe the tip would kind of pull back and be keeled, is the term, where they keeled. have like a little a little point on it. Okay. Yeah. So that is the case. You have usually scale-like leaves would be just completely oppressed to the little tiny twigs. Right. They just literally look like scales, like what you would imagine a scale looks like, as opposed to having the all shape that kind of pops off because that is kind of the transition between actually having the the, the normal needle-like or uh, linear leaves or mm-hmm. what they're called. So yeah, it's more of a spectrum, right? Okay. Luckily, the tree we're talking about today, the spectrum is mostly on the scale side. It has the tiniest bit of uh, of kind of pull back from the tips, but it's not anywhere near what you would say. Oh, that's all like okay, nowhere near it. Just a little space under the scale. Yeah, just a, just a little space. It kind of pulls back. Maybe like it's kind of you know laying in bed and it needs to pull its head up a little bit just to be kind of like oh, someone here. I see it here. It looks very yeah. like it looks like um, instead of the scales being like totally flush with the with the stem. Yeah, it looks like they just like are kind of. Um, like the tips of each one is sitting on top of the base of the next. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, that's exactly right. They're very uh, imbricate in that way. They're kind of layered one on top of the other. That's right. And they are also oppositely arranged. So there are two that are on the top and the bottom of a twig, and then there are two on the lateral sides, left and right. Interesting. And they are oppositely arranged down that entire twig. So imagine just having those two, it's like stacking chairs or something, where because the they look exactly like the one above and below they just go whoop, 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 mm. and just kind of fit very nicely amongst each other it does sound nice yeah it makes for a very attractive looking piece of foliage so that is the main thing you're going to be looking for and i should note there are no white stomatal lines along these twigs well this is curious i was i was going to ask you because uh-huh. i'm looking at these photos yeah it looks like these these twigs have sort of an X-shaped pattern down them of white lines. Ah, so you may not be looking at the right photo, Alex. Well, fuck me. Well, that seems like a pretty extreme response. <laughs> I'm looking at... I'm looking at... This photo is entitled... Cama... Came Caparis. Ah, Camisiparis. Camisiparis. Yeah. Uh, Nudcatensis. Okay. So is this that tree? That officially would be correct. I'm telling you, Case, it's got white X's down it. But maybe that's just like the, um, you know, the off side of the needle, of the, uh, of the scale, rather. It's not really. And here's, here's why. Look Alex. at it. Come, come, come over here and look at it. Look at this. All right. All right. Hold on. Hold on, everyone. Casey, the Casey, we're breaking form. Casey's walking over to my computer. This is the photo. <laughs> Casey looked at it. He's trying to think of a way to talk himself out of this yeah, corner see, he's painted in. So 
so here's the thing. Here's the thing, Alex. I want you to go to. Uh, I want to go to a thing. Uh, go to the 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 first link that we have, which is always usually to the landscape plants of uh, the College of Agricultural Sciences Department of Horticulture, Oregon State University. Okay. And scroll on down to uh, to this. It's the Calytropsis nutcatensis, is what they call it. And then down the very bottom, they have a link that says, click here for a table of distinguishing characteristics between the Port Orford cedar, Camisiparis lawsoniana, and our Calatropsis, or what used to be called Camisiparis nutcatensis, the Alaska yellow cedar. Okay. And it will compare a two photos and give some lists of what exactly separates these trees. So the reason why I'm dubious is because the Port Orford cedar has really explicit X markings of the white stomato lines on the underside, which is exactly what you're describing. Whereas the Alaska cedar or our Nootka cypress does not have those X's. The white X's are essentially the a little bit of stomatal bloom between the the boundaries between where one leaf ends and the next starts. Right. So on the Port Orford cedar, those are really obvious. On the Alaska cedar, they are absent. So sometimes you could see them, but I would be wondering if that is a white stomatal line or if it's more just kind of the the lighter green edge of the yes. leaf, you know? It's the off green that okay. looks kind of white. Gotcha. Well, I I'm guess I'm positive that's, that's what it is. Okay. And I, I think you're right, which is why I was like, huh, and I didn't immediately say, you're wrong or I'm wrong, because right. I think in this case, we're both, we're both correct. We just have to dial in exactly what we're seeing. You know, there's a lesson here. There is. There is a lesson here don't uh don't jump to conclusions yeah. work with your friends hey and come to a conclusion that works for both of you wow that's really nice yeah compromise well done you guys let's call it a uh uh you know you shake hands with a tree yeah let's say we are fur friends oh we're fur friends for sure <laughs> well my fur friend that is uh that is the thing that i would look for but there's another trick to help us with this identification my fur friend. <laughs> is that is that a sad song by uh, uh, Johnny Cash? Yes, in the yeah. Nine Inch Nails. Exactly. There you go. So the uh, Nootka cypress is a tree that is known for growing upright, as of course we know. Some of the biggest ones, which I was actually kind of stunned about, get up to about 130 feet tall. The tallest was just at 200 feet. Dang. So far that we've measured. That's impressive. Yeah, pretty good. That's like 61 meters tall for you up there in Canada and mm. uh, everywhere else in the world that makes the, the right decision to choose metric. <laughs> uh, and it gets to almost 13 or 14 feet in diameter. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Some of the biggest ones are huge. 13 feet in diameter. Yeah. That's yeah. a big boy. It's a big boy. Oh, my God. And uh, so as these trees are growing up, they have one central stem, but their branches are very quintessentially kind of out and then tip up at the ends. This is curious. We have another we have another debate here because really? a lot of the pictures I'm seeing are are of a weeping variety. I now think. see, Alex, look at the branches versus the little twigs and branchlets. The branches themselves come out and will tip up a little bit at the end, but oh, they are draped wow. with foliage coming straight down. I see that now. Okay, yeah, yeah. 
It's so, uh, we've we've talked about like carrying shopping bags. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I imagine like you're holding up a sheet or something that's draped over the top of you. Yeah. So that is the the way to tell these apart is that they have these long drooping branchlets off of these more or less kind of upswept branches. And the whole canopy is very skinny. It does not get big. It doesn't get very full. It is a very gaunt-looking tree. Mm. As opposed to the Port Orford cedar, it gets very bushy, and it's a very dense canopy. It also has a somewhat droopy appearance, but not near as, like, elongated. You know, like you say, you see someone, you say, oh, well, why the long face? Like, oh, you have a, a horse has a long face. Sure. This is the, our tree is the, the long-faced tree, whereas the Port Orford cedar has a short face. I think I understand. Yes. All right. That's great. <laughs> this is a short-faced tree, everyone. You, you get it? So much of this, so much of this ID is in comparison to this other species. Well, mostly I'm just doing that to make sure that we're we're comparing the things that you might be seeing online. Okay. Because sadly, these are very tough trees to tell apart if you don't know exactly what you're looking for. I gotcha. So if you just look up this thing, someone will say, oh yeah, there's that tree. And they can think they see this thing and that thing. But because they're so comparable or so easily confused, I'm just trying to set that. I understand, Casey. Thank you for thank you for taking those precautions. I, I there there is a lot of tree misinformation online. There really is, and a I lot need of a, yeah. plant and misinformation in general. People I would, are going to need to learn how to. Learn, what is it? It's internet. Um, what is the term that we're teaching kids? Oh, literacy. Literacy. Thank yeah. you. Internet literacy. Know what is real and what is not. Yes. And the the problem is a lot of people say things very confidently that are wrong. Yeah. Um, put it on their website. I understand like, oh, the irony in, in that me saying that because I'm on a <laughs> podcast and all podcasters do this. Uh, well, yeah, well, only yeah. 70% of the time. You put a microphone in front of anybody, they're going to say some something that's incorrect. That's probably accurate. Yeah. I've certainly done it. Oh, sure. Let's talk cones, Case. The cones are adorable little cones. They are globose or very circular. They're like little tiny globes. Mm-hmm. And are, peltate. That's right, Alex. They are shield-like scales. Yes. There are four to six peltate scales that are coming out on this little teeny tiny globe. It's maybe half an inch long, not very big at all. You know, this is a, they each each scale, each cone scale uh, has a little point in the center. Yes, it does. Um, which works really well for peltate. Because it reminds me of those shields. I uh-huh. think maybe they were Roman or um Greek, like gladiatorial shields, yeah, that had a spike in the center. I didn't know that. They so look just, just like jam them. it into someone. Yeah, hardcore man. Yeah, man. Well, this is this is that is exactly it. These are armed shields. Yes, is that considered an armed umbo? You know, I don't think so. Okay, because but not botanically, but uh, morphologically speaking, yeah. I've in fact been told by a book that these are more technically bracts rather than true scales. So I think in a technical sense, you might be able to get away with it, but I've not heard anything call it an umbo, an armed umbo. It's only been used for things in the pine family like a culture pine yes exactly i mean or a, I, a lot of pines, pine. yeah, like yeah the two sitting next to you there have yeah little it, points yeah right so i i i can 100 say yes okay. but you might you might have something there hey maybe it's hyphenated it might be yes a hyphenated umbo <laughs> ah, good one so we um we 
So when you find these, they'll be hanging at the end of these long sprays of, of foliage, and they'll mature in about two years. Sometimes mm. in the best conditions, they'll mature in a single year. Wow. And they are little tiny circles that kind of open up, kind of like a, there's a an example of something in, in some sci-fi that I'm thinking of. I know what you're thinking of. What is it? I don't know exactly, but continue. Sorry. Yeah. It's like a sphere that kind of like blows itself up and yeah. opens. Yeah. And then there's like, you can see inside and do things. Yes. It's kind of like that, except the inside is just filled with a bunch of seeds. I want to say it's like a key to something. Like so somebody's holding it in their palm and it sort of like opens up. Yeah. 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 Exactly. That's what this looks like. Yes. Totally. They, it's you, We're on the same page, Alex. Hell yeah. So that's this little cone. It's adorable. And they are, filled with little tiny seeds that kind of float off they don't get too far away so they kind of create these little uh groves and they just expand ever so slightly okay beautiful trees no just no hardcore dispersal method happening here Nah, not really just nothing too intense spray and pray exactly they're just like you know what here you go <laughs> there's a seed over there there's a seed over there good luck you guys well that is our alaska yellow cedar or we're going with nuka cedar yeah new whatever nuka cypress what, whatever the, the term is that comes to mind first okay go for it it's a word map it is and you just select two yeah and exactly. you can just mix and match the alaska yellow nutka cedar whatever you want cedar, cypress cypress mm-hmm. you can also choose camisiparis calitropsis xanthocyparis oh whatever you want it's so creative <laughs> yeah this is really a choose your own name adventure is really what it is <laughs> well there's one last thing we want to talk about this bark real fast oh gosh the bark of this tree is delightful alex well let's talk about it it's very flaky and fibrous looking and very gray mm. so it kind of does not maintain a really intense fibrousness in a long kind of uh, intense furrows or anything like that. It kind of looks like it's starting to flake off all the time really soon. And what's curious about this is that it doesn't really like, it doesn't appear to be super intolerant of fire. It doesn't appear to be super tolerant of fire. Hmm. So the bark I think is just kind of fancy looking utility bark i don't think it necessarily gets thick utility plus yeah it is it's kind of utility plus it's like the you you paid to add a fancy skin to it i would love to give a descriptor here for this bark that we've never used before Ooh, please this bark looks like zombie flesh wow that's like sloughing off Ooh, and like gray and dead yeah and a couple of the photos here look a little red yeah there's a yeah a little bit in it it gets a little bit more red like maybe if it's newer that's okay. about it. Okay. Wow, that's a that's a good one. Well, Rough. Zombie flesh. Sick. Well, that's our tree. You'll find it in the forest near you as long as you're either at high elevations in the south or low elevations in the north. Interesting. It's a gorgeous tree. I love seeing this tree planted all over the place, especially west of the Cascades, as a uh, horticulture tree because it grows fairly slowly but it also doesn't get very like massive even when it does grow especially hmm. in in the kind of garden space but it has a very attractive compact very shaggy form so people think it looks very attractive as a as a kind of statement piece or it just counts as a tree, so they plant it, and they're like, great, that is a, a tree we're not going to have to worry about. It's not going to grow too big. It's not going to grow too fast. I see. But it counts as a tree. Kind of just takes care of itself. Yeah, exactly. Case, what does the hort in horticulture mean? Uh, it means plant, I think, in, of some kind. Okay. So yeah, yeah. horticulture is like, um, like gardens and yards and things? Uh-huh, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, it's mostly just uh, it's planting for... 
kind of sales, I guess. So it's it's yeah, it's a good question, Alex. I think to contrast it with say agriculture, mm-hmm. where you're growing the the plants specifically for food, yeah. Horticulture is not necessarily growing a plant particularly for food. Okay, could be for something else. I got gotcha. you. Most of the time, it's aesthetics. Cool. Yeah, there you go. Horticulture. Good. It's a very good question. Thanks. I don't know what hort officially comes from though in terms of the etymology well i'll look it up while you continue the story of the alaska yellow cedar well that sounds great so one thing i wanted to touch on just before we get too far is discussing the fact that this tree is one of the progenitors of a tree that i find despicable and someone just recently requested that we cover this tree we're not going to do it because it's a hybrid and we've only done one hybrid and we talked about what does it mean to be a hybrid and there we've drawn the line what was At the least hybrid we covered until we're going to go back that was the london plane tree that's a hybrid yes it's a hybrid between the american sycamore and a european sycamore that kind of grows in the east of europe how about that yeah so hybrid london plane tree platinus x acerifolia okay so the the tree that is a hybrid between the nutka cypress and the Monterey cypress mm-hmm. is one we commonly know as the Leyland cypress, or the Leland cypress. Oh, sure. Actually, Casey, yes. the Leland cypress was the tree that you assigned to, I think it was Buzz Lightyear in last week's yes. family tree segment. That's right, Alex. Good point. Yeah, I, I knew it sounded familiar. Well, so here's the thing. Uh, you know, Buzz Lightyear aside, that tree can just can just go fuck right off. Wow. I just don't want to see any more Leyland Cypress. Okay. It's an overplanting situation? Oh, it is overplanted in to such a degree. It just makes you sad. Here's why. It's the new Arborvita, essentially. Oh, boy. So people plant it all over the place because it's a very fast-growing tree that you can go wink, 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 and turn into a hedge in 10 minutes. Sure. The problem is... They have what we've talked about before, uh, hybrid vigor, where they grow like three feet in a year. Oh, wow. Like they just get damn massive. Holy shit. Yeah. So they grow really fast. You turn around and you're like, oh, what's that over there? And you look back at your hedge and it's three feet taller. Wow. So people plant it, but then they just kind of leave it and they don't pay attention to it and they don't continue to prune it and it can get out of hand in no time. Of course. So that is, you know, it's a pretty big issue. You don't want that. The roots tend to not develop very well. So it'll become like an 80 foot tall tree in no time. Like they'll get giant and it'll do it very fast. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it just kind of falls over and decays sometimes. Like the the roots don't really take care of themselves. It's like a Great Dane. Yes. Big, beautiful dogs and they live for like six years. Yeah. And it's like, Jesus, okay, what are we going to do with that? Yeah. Uh, oh my God. Yeah, it's just Rough. the hybrid vigor's good. It's just not. It's it's just it, it comes with a downfall. I think. Hey, you know, right tree, right place. Casey. Yes. So people are planting them. They're available all the time, but they're also like cheap as hell. So they are also being planted very consistently in landscapes because someone's like, "Well, oh, we got to plant a tree. If we plant a big evergreen, then we'll get a little bit more points. What's the cheapest, biggest evergreen we can plant? Oh, there it is. It's this fancy looking Leland Cypress. So a listener requested that we cover the Leland Cypress? Yes. Okay. And, or at least maybe they just wanted to hear us talk about it. So oh, sure. Here you go. Well, there uh, you are. Dumb tree. Don't plant it. Get a better tree. The the parent, our new Cypress, fine choice. I got you. But it also hybridizes with a two 
It also hybridizes with two other cypresses hmm. from the south. One is Capressus lusitanica. The other is Capressus glabra. One is down in Mexico. Then there's also the tree we just talked about, which is Macrocarpa, which is the Monterey cypress. It grows just on the coast in Monterey, California. Then the last one is an Arizona cypress that grows down in the mountains of Arizona. Hmm. So historically, and this goes back to our naming thing, so I promise this will be the last of it, and then this tie a nice little bow on top of what we're talking I about. I can't wait. This is a tree that initially was in the Camiciparis genus. Then it hybridized with a Capressus genus tree. So because it hybridized, that made people think, wait a second. If this tree hybridizes so ridiculously easily with ah. three other cypresses, I got a feeling this might be a cypress. Right. Because Camiciparis trees shouldn't hybridize with cypress trees. Their genus should be different enough that they're not actually so closely related that if you just put them in the same room, they will fornicate. You know what I mean? Do genre usually not hybridize with each other acro yeah. across genre lines? Exactly. It's okay. one of the kind of particular things that defines a genre. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, because the genre would be, these are all the spruces. The spruces do not hybridize with the pines. The pines do not hybridize with the Douglas fir. But each of those hybridizes with themselves among, they, among could, the genre, yeah, among genus. Potentially, okay. yeah. So that was one of these big things. So then they started looking back into it and saying, well, okay, this isn't really quite a, a Camiciparis, so we're going to change that to Calitropsis. Then someone was like, eh, well, Calitropsis doesn't quite do it right because there's a couple other species of that. So this one needs its own name, Xanthocyparis. We're going to call it Xanthocyparis nutcatensis. Xanthocyparis. Yes, it's okay. been that for a long time. Wow. And then recently someone was like no this is and it must be a cypress because it hybridizes with other cypresses it looks like them except the cone is just a little bit smaller so they have now decided this is a cypress tree and that's what i'm going to go with because that came out i think in 2010 they finally decided that the cone is a little smaller don't don't all trees have different size cones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this one, the cone looks just like the Port Orford cedar, for Oh, like example. a cedar cone, like a small little cedar cone? Yes, a small little circle cone. Yeah. It looks just like the, the Camiciparis cones. It okay. does not look super similar to a cypress cone. Which are a little bigger. Yes. But the same kind of shape. Yeah, same kind of shape. A cypress cone is like a blown up. Uh, uh, cedar cone. It is, yeah. And usually it's a little bit smoother on the outside. Mm. This one's a little bit rough and it has that little point. I gotcha. So this is uh, this is all the things that all of the namers of things are dealing with. Interesting. But right now it is done and we're set and we're saying this is just a normal hybrid or normal tree with normal hybrids between other species, which is something that all of the cypresses do, at least over here in the West, very, very often. Yeah. So that is that is to end it. Okay. So that's why there's so many different names. It has to do with what it hybridizes with, what it creates, which is stupid, and then all the other things that happen. <laughs> well, Casey, now that we've come to a, a clean ending, yeah. perhaps we should take a short intermission so that I can tell you what hort means. Oh, please, yeah. It's a little anticlimactic. <laughs> For a second, I thought you were going to just move on with the show. And I was like, Alex, we haven't actually <laughs> talked about what we're meaning to talk about here. Alex is done. Uh, horticulture comes from the 1670s. Okay. 
It just means the cultivation of a garden. All right. Coined from the Latin hortus, which is garden. So there you go. Explicitly garden. Yeah. As opposed to uh, not garden or garden for food, I guess. This is like aesthetic garden. Right. And it, it says it's probably on the model of agriculture. Yes. That's what I think, too. Yeah. Like Same thing with arboriculture. Alex, we're not here to talk about culture. We're here to talk about wood. Well, Casey, let's talk wood. Now, I seem to recall... As the, as the keeper of the notes of this episode, that we talked about wood a couple weeks ago. We sure did. What did we talk about? We talked about the northern red oak. That's right. And how its wood works, it being an angiosperm. Aha. Uh-huh. And the thing that we mostly talked about is how a tree puts on wood and reacts to different things. Right, and how wood is composed. Yeah, exactly. So we initially covered the the xylem of a tree, which is the, the woody section that is a part of the cambium, right? Yeah. So the wood is the inside section of that. The, the xylem being the Greek for wood, that is the part that is moving water and dissolved nutrients up from the ground out to the rest of the tree. Right. It also is the thing that makes all the wood, the actual rings of the tree. So that is the cambium layer that grows inwards. And then there's the phloem, which is on the outside. And that is what takes things down and grows outwards from this cambium layer. Got it. So it'll take all the sugars and starches downwards uh well we say down but it moves it from the outside exterior bits of the tree to the main stem down to the roots and then uh it goes if it goes up it's in the xylem of course you think about it that phloem flows down Mm -hmm. if you think about a trunk and do you remember my my uh my mnemonic device for xylem uh no i don't i remember that you had one but i don't remember exactly (laughs) what it is so the most fun thing to do on a xylophone is go that's right you're going up that's yep. right. Oh, Alex, I love that. <laughs> xylophone. Which is great. Xylophone also means a wooden instrument, That's right? That's right. There you go. So that is the thing we talked about mostly. And we also uh, discussed a little bit about how trees decide where to put on the wood in this, uh, this layer. We noted that angiosperms have pores or vessels, which if you're looking at the end grain, you can see these big circles, and that's kind of the the main thing that the tree uses to move things up and down, right? Yeah, within the wood itself. Exactly. So this time, we are talking about the same kind of uh, vascular system, the, the vascular cambium, the xylem, which is, of course, those same tissues we just talked about, and the phloem. The difference is in conifer wood in the wood of gymnosperms it is significantly different hmm they are doing the same things but with a different group of cells and a different organization system wood in conifers is different than wood in broadleaf trees substantially this is wild isn't that crazy well i know that that broadleaf trees are considered hardwood and conifers are like softwood exactly so is that sort of the the broad stroke difference uh, at least the surface level difference kind of but that's very it's very much exactly surface level where they're just essentially saying yeah we got these two big broad things it's like broadleaf versus uh you know needle-like leaf yeah yeah 
there's going to be exceptions on both sides for all these things or evergreen deciduous, you know? Sure, sure, yeah. So that is uh, essentially what we're getting at, but it actually goes more down to a a fundamental level of how the wood is constructed. Interesting. What is there and what is not. Let's hear it. Well, the big difference is that in conifers, they do not have these vessels, these pores that you'd see on the end grain that all these angiosperm trees have. Hmm. They actually have what's called resin ducts and tracheids. Wow. Isn't that fun terms? I believe these are new to me. Nice. All right. I'll define tracheids first. Okay. Tracheids, and that is spelled T-R-A-C-H-E-I-D-S. Yes. Tracheids. Like trachea. Exactly like trachea. Oh. Alex is like, I stumbled upon it. You've stumbled upon it. They are long tubes yes. that go up and down, which is longitudinally with the stem of the tree. So, of course, if a branch is coming out and, you know, they're going horizontally. Sure. They grow out and 90% of wood is made up of these tracheids. Hmm. And they are the vascular stuff that moves things up and down. Okay. So, in the sapwood, which is the first, uh, the most recent several rings of a, of a tree, they are... The pipes that are storing some things like dissolved nutrients and water, the sap and that kind of stuff, they are also moving that up and down. So they are the quintessential sapwood where they are part of that xylem tube system moving these things up. Okay. They are made up of cellulose and they have big intense cell walls. As those cells die, those cell walls stay there and stay rigid and then become the heartwood later as more rings get put on. Sure. So they are the structural bits of, of these trees, 100%. We've, ta- we've talked about um, how heartwood, I, I, I bring this up all the time because I like the analogy, Yeah. but heartwood is like retired sapwood. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't work anymore. Nope. But it's just relaxing in the center of Ex- the tree. Exactly. It's It's gotten itself filled up with all the different stuff to make it decay resistant, and it yeah. just sits there and holds up everybody else. Much like our elders. Much like our elders. Thank you, elders. So the other thing that we discussed just now is a resin duct. Yes. What I love about a resin duct is that they are not a thing in and of themselves, as in the pores or vessels, which is a cell that is a pore or a vessel. Uh, and I, I'm saying or vessel because they're both the same thing. Pore equals vessel. A pore is a vessel? Yeah, pore, P-O-R-E. Yeah, yeah, like a yeah. pore on your face. Exactly, your yeah. Skin. Okay. So they're just same, two different terms for the same thing. Okay. Most people know them as vessels, but apparently the more proper term would be pore. Okay. So in conifers, they have tracheids that do all that work, uh, and they are the structural, they are vascular system, the resin duct are spaces that are created in between cells. They look like these circular spaces, but they are not an, uh, an actual living cell. They are just spaces between living cells, and the cells that border it will secrete resin into the duct. I'm sort of imagining like a hotel hallway. Like you have the hotel rooms, oh, yeah, okay, but then yeah. there's the hallway that kind of moves everybody yeah. up and down the, the hotel. It, that's perfect. And then okay. every now and then the people, you know, either the, the hotel rooms mm-hmm. will then 
push yeah. all of this resin into the into this uh, this hallway so that you know it can go away somewhere. Hotel resin, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I think we know what you mean. We you saw know. that uh, at the beginning of the show. So these resin ducts will act as a system to move resin. And remember, resin is different than sap. Resin is that uh, that very intense liquidy kind of thing is very viscous so it doesn't move quickly okay and it comes from the wood from these ducts uh-huh it does not have anything to do with the sap which the sap is the the watery stuff that's moving up and down the tree that's filled with nutrients and things is it also filled with resin no okay. resin is is from the wood only i think if there's a resin duct there or a fusiform cell a fusiform ray cell mm-hmm. then that would be a a spot where the resin is going kind of radially out from the middle of the tree okay connecting with these ducts that are going up and down right in the tree so if you cho- if you touch some freshly chopped wood yeah. and it's sticky yes that's resin exactly if you tap into a sugar maple and and it flows out to yeah. make sh- maple syrup that is sap correct exactly so those are those are the big the big like right in your face differences of the wood of a conifer versus an angiosperm angiosperms do not make resin in the same way mm-hmm. they make sap which is like you just noted all the delicious maple syrups and different sap things that you get. Yeah. Whereas resins are made by conifers in these resin ducts, and they are specifically used to protect the tree if it gets damaged. Okay. Now, I'm- some don't actually have it, I should note. Hmm. Yeah. So, just to throw a crazy, you know, the uh, wrench in the works. Thank you. Or, it was like, yeah. I was like, throw a ring into something. Like, huh? <laughs> just to throw a uh, wrench into it all. Some conifers don't have any resin ducts at all. You know what I like more than wrench in the works? What? A uh, stick in the spokes. Stick in the spokes, yes. Yeah. Throw a stick in your spokes, Alex. <laughs> Stop you in your tracks and flip you over. Resin ducts exist only in conifers. Yes. Or gymnosperms. Yes, correct. Okay. I think, you know, we're two years into this podcast, two plus, two yeah. and a half. Uh-huh. I'm to the point where I'm like, I've kind of resigned to the, the fact that, like, I don't think I'll ever remember which group is Jimno and which group is Angio. Oh, really? Do you have a mnemonic device? I I can, I never, ever, ever get it right. I have a 50% chance every time. And I, and I, and I hit tails. I did not know that. So do you have a mnemonic device for Jimno versus Angio? Yes, I have a mnemonic device. Okay. It is Jim, which means naked, right? From like ancient Greek, a gymnasium where you, you know, go work out and you'd be naked. Nude with your buddies and yeah, yeah, yeah. do some push ups, throw a discus or whatever they did. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Throw a discus, <sighs> so, use a sling to knock a pot off a pedestal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. you know, standard Greek gymnasium yeah. stuff, your ancient Greek exercise yeah. stuff. Yeah, so that is the, <laughs> the, the naked seed, right? So, gymnosperm mm. means naked seed. Okay, so I just remember that the naked means there is no ovary which is what the angiosperm has. And an ovary that is mature is a fruit. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, naked being that it's just sitting in that cone. It's just sitting on. It's exposed. Sitting on that scale. It's not within anything. I guess I, I guess I mix that up. Cause like I think of cones as sort of de facto fruit. Yeah. I think that's fair. They are de facto fruit, but they in, are not botanical fruit. Uh, no, 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 no. Botanically they are fruit. It's just they are not, they don't have an ovary 
around the seed. But is not a fruit defined as a mature ovary. It is. It is in that case. So I guess, yeah, we're using the, we're using maybe, uh, maybe it's a lowercase F because we also right. use it with like a mushroom, the fruiting body of a mushroom. Yeah. Is that so? I like this lowercase, uppercase kind of thing. I, yeah. th- I think you're right, Case. Okay. A cone is a lowercase fruit. Yeah, I think it's yeah. fair. And a pear is like a, you know, uh, uppercase fruit. fruit. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. It's pretty good. I like pears. What am I, what am I saying? I think, your, I think your mnemonic device here, which is just the etymology, will work for me, Casey. Okay. All right. Otherwise, yeah. gymnosperm, conifer. Just remember that and that's Great. it. Yeah. If, as long as you can remember that, then that's, well, that's, that's all you got. That's the problem. I cannot remember that. Well, okay. Think about uh, conifer is a shorter of the two words between conifer and broadleaf. Mm-hmm. Gymnosperm is shorter than angiosperm. Okay. So long words... Go together. Shorter words go together. <laughs> Do you need any more, Alex? I can nope. help out for days. <laughs> the first one was good, like Thank I you. said. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Here's three more that are worse. <laughs> well, that's that's all I can provide for you. Okay, perfect, Casey. Thank you. But if you want to know and you're like, you know what? I, I need a mnemonic device that I can see and feel. Mm. Go cut down a tree and then look at the wood. If it has a resin duct... You can be like, oh, yeah, totally. This is a conifer. That's gymnosperm. Yes. If it doesn't, then we see if it has vessels. If it has no vessels, no resin ducts, probably still a conifer. It'll cost you a tree, but you'll, it, it's, yeah, you'll remem- remember. You're going to remember it. That is an issue with our format, though, obviously. We, we can't show very many uh, visual references. Sure. We can just say, go to www.ourwebsite.com. Yeah. And, and then we'll have the links. Well, it. I think that's the reason you and I have gotten so good at visual metaphors, Casey. Yeah, it has. Good for us, right? Yeah. Well, so the last bit about how uh, how trees, uh, conifers specifically. Gymnosperms. Thank you, Alex. Do their wood thing is in contrast to angiosperms, they will put on wood on the compression side. I think we've talked about this a few times. Yeah, we've talked about compression versus... Um, Tensile. EQ. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> Correct. You got it. Tensile, tensile side or strength. Compression yeah. strength versus tensile strength. Exactly. Or tension. Right. Or tension. Yes. yes. Okay. Compression and tension. And the, the way I like to talk about this is if you put out your arm yeah. and you, you have your, your, uh, your palm face down. So your hand is perfectly horizontal. If someone comes and pushes on your middle finger and you just kind of bend your arm down a little bit, the top of your arm is being pulled. So that is in tension. Right. In order to balance that out, you're pulling up, right? Uh, Yes. Yeah. So the top of your muscles, as we noted a couple weeks ago, all of your muscles are always working by pulling. None of your muscles push right fascinating yeah so if someone pushes on your your hand to push it down Mm -hmm. the muscles on top are pulling because they are in tension that's right i'm almost imagining like a um uh, like like a barn raising or something. Like they tie ropes to the top of the barn when it's on the ground. Yeah. And they pull the ropes to lift the barn, the side of yeah. the barn up. That's a, that, that works perfectly. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly how it is. Now, I should note the opposite side of this. So underneath your arm, mm-hmm. if you were a piece of wood, that would all be in compression. Right. So this is, um, it, it's there's really a couple good diagrams you can find out on the internet. I'll see if I can find one. We'll post it on, the, uh, on our link here. So the idea is as you bend a piece of wood or a living branch, 
the underside is going to be all those cells pushing against each other. That's in compression. And all the ones on top are going to be pulling away from each other. Okay. Conifers will have response growth that puts wood on the compression side of whatever's getting affected. Hmm. We, a couple weeks ago, were talking about two trees growing right next to each other and how one would be leaning away from the more dominant tree. Yeah. That one, if it's a broadleaf angiosperm tree, then it's putting on tension wood to help do like what you're talking about, that barn raising where it's putting on all the ropes on the tension side to hold up all the weight. Right. Conifers do the exact opposite where they put compression wood and they say, hold on, I'm going to push this up. And then they put more wood on the side that's in compression. That is so curious. Isn't that very curious? Wow. Yeah. So it, we've, we've we talked about, you know, if you cut into a big limb yeah. off of a main stem, mm-hmm. the sort of uh, heartwood of yeah. the limb will probably not be in the direct center. Gotcha. Yo, you like the pith as the well. Pith. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 100%. Heartwood is just in the main stem. Uh, well, it's in both. Yeah, if you get a big enough, uh, big enough branch, sure. you'll have some heartwood. I, I think what I meant was pith. Okay, yeah. So the pith of that, of that limb won't be in the exact center of the cross section. Yes. It will be, say... Uh, a little bit to the to the top side, which yeah. means on a on a conifer or gymnosperm, because mm-hmm. uh, gym means nude. Um, <laughs> the the wood there will be more wood on the bottom side of the pith yes. than on the top side, exactly because that's how they they grow compression wood. That's it. But on a broadleaf tree, yes, or an angiosperm means covered. Covered. Oh, 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 oh. Um, my friend Angie wears many layers of clothing. Yeah, she always has closed-toed, covered shoes. Yes. <laughs> Not a sandals fan, Angie. Angie hates sandals. That would, on that cross-section, the pith will probably be toward the bottom because they're yeah. putting on tensile wood Precisely. on top. Yes, that is their general form of response. That is so fucking weird. You got it perfect. Why is that? Is that just the way it grows? Kay- it's just Casey the way it grows. threw up yeah. comically <laughs> shrugged. Yeah, it's, it, it, I, you know, I don't know. I think it just goes back to that split we kind of talked about, right? Yeah. Is that there's, these trees make resin ducts. These ones do not. Right. These ones put wood on this side. These trees do it on this side. These ones have tracheids. These ones have pores or vessels so that's uh that's it so it's um this is a, a conifer our tree that we're talking about today yeah our nutka cypress if that's what you are wow if that's your real name yeah so that oh is gosh. is a classic example of a conifer that would be doing this kind of thing building its wood in just ever so slightly a different way than its cohorts on the other side of the aisle if wow you and of course you have the added layer of this tree sort of i'm gonna say oh how's this oh my god how's this for a new tree term casey all right all right genre bending oh it's a genre bending tree like music you know Mm, like this is like kind of funk kind of classical it's a little bit camisiparous a little bit cypress genre bending all right i'm with that i'm really proud of this i think that's a good one i think that's a good work alex (laughs) and in done and in using this term for trees we are genre bending the term because it's usually used to describe music it's meta af god 
as the kids say. Where is our Webby? You know, where is it? Yeah, ask. I, we have a lot of questions to ask. Don't send them this episode. No, don't, don't do this one. <laughs> uh, Casey, fascinating stuff. I love me some wood talk. I will call this wood talk part two. How wood about talk that? Part two. And right after the break, we are going to get into our review of this cypress, cedar, nutka, Alaska, yellow tree. But we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Completely Arbitrary. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. Today we discussed... Man, you know, this thing has so many names, I kind of like forget what to call it. Honestly, yeah. Whichever uh, whichever you come up with, though, like you said, that word cloud, it's all going to be fine. Yeah. I'm going to stick with Alaska Yellow Cedar just because it's... Or, out of respect, I should do the Nuka Yellow Cedar. Me? Whatever works. Or Nuka Cypress. Mm, yeah. Anyway, we discussed that tree. We discussed it. And we discussed some wood. And now it is time to review this tree and i think we should give a quick review to wood i don't know okay yeah <laughs> how does how do you and and on side wood what do you what do we think about wood as a general idea <laughs> what are the criteria we don't know eh, we'll um, figure it out. here's how it works we're gonna give some final thoughts on this tree and wood and then give it a rating them a rating of zero to ten golden cones of honor casey alex croson all right alex i'll begin yes so here's the thing i love this tree i have thoughts that uh, as I discussed wood uh, with myself, I was thinking, okay, what am I, what am I, I going to talk about here? How are, how are we going to approach this? And I came up with an idea, a philosophical idea that we'll talk about at some point. Wow. About how to age things. How old is a tree? Oh. In a certain sense. I believe there's a whole science around that. There is. There's a whole science around it. And I think maybe... Mm. It's not exactly right. Oh, you're going to get fucking flamed, dude. It's going to be awesome. So this tree, the Alaska Yellow Cedar, the Nootka Cypress, I think is a spectacular tree. I don't think it's a great tree in the sense of like, wow, mind-blowing. This is a world-changing tree. Yeah. So, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not going to be the, the top thing I've ever seen in my life. It doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to be. But I would much rather, and I do much rather, see this tree get planted often yeah as opposed to it's it's freakish offspring the leland cypress yeah i just i find that and i'm gonna stick with that leland too is such a <sighs> nebbish name it's like really i like well, this weird cousin I that think, always has snot running down his face oh gosh leland. i disagree with that Oops, do you have a friend named leland i do have a friend <laughs> but this is more like a last name so there's I, there, uh, this is like it's l-e-y-l-a-n-d yeah so yeah. it's a last name i think as opposed to a first name i understand okay. so if it's let's say mr leland is that nebish cousin that you really much don't enjoy okay but your friend leland now they rock understood i'm right. sorry i'm sorry to the lelands wow <laughs> we're gonna get so many letters um so <laughs> out in the bush i love to see this tree because it's kind of a it's kind of a tree that doesn't grow everywhere down here yeah you can only only find it going up to the top of these you know intense hills and i enjoy that about trees i enjoy trees that are like yeah, you wanna you wanna you wanna see you wanna hang out? Gotta come to me. You gotta earn it. Exactly. Yeah. So as it goes further north, that is just earning it in and of itself. Like, oh, you live up here? Yeah, me too. Great work. Because <laughs> you know it's way colder. It's pretty pretty intense. You tolerate Alaska? Hey, so do I. <laughs> All right. Well, let's hang out for a bit. 
So this tree I think is great. I want to see more of it. I think this is a tree I could say is underplanted and overplanted at the same time. Depending on where you are. Yes, because they're planting it for the wrong reasons. They're hmm. planting it because they want a tree that stays small, grows slow, and doesn't do a whole lot. Oh. Um, I would rather you plant a big tree that grows fairly reasonably yeah. and does a whole lot. That's pretty disrespectful. Yeah, but the thing is, when I do see it, Alex, I like it. Yeah. So it's like, ah, I'm really torn. I think if you plant too many more, my my rating's going to quickly fall off a cliff. Wow. If you just continue at the normal rate, yeah. I'm going to be okay with it. Okay. But you're on a knife's edge, mister. <laughs> so I think I'm going to give this tree, and it's going to sound worse than it actually is, a 7.1. Okay, that's higher than I thought you were going. Okay, you're yeah. right. Okay, so I'm okay with that. 7.1. A 7.1. It's not great. It's not amazing. It's pretty cool, but there's way better options. Yeah. But this is a fine option, and if you choose it, I still support it. I couldn't go lower than a seven because I do, I do like it. Every time I see it, my heart flutters, especially in the oh. wild, because I'm just like, oh, "Look at it!" Yeah, there's none of those around here. That's how I feel. <laughs> it does seem like a very special thing, especially down here. Yeah, and oh, I should also note: so the native peoples uh, up in Canada, they have a myth for this tree. There was actually three young girls that were running up the. Um, running up the mountain and they were turned into this tree hmm. and they do that because the inner bark is used to make baskets and it's some of the finest quality it's very soft and long wow so they said it looked and reminded them of a woman's hair interesting so that's where it comes uh -huh. from so I, I i dig that because it's going up the mountain like in order to get it you got to go up the mountain and go find those cool trees yeah as opposed to staying down in the lowlands where you have western red cedar also an extremely used tree but not uh not near as intense to get sure anyway i don't know if that's super germane but i of course it is i like i like myths that I like myths where a human turns into a natural oh, object, you know, best. that's fun. I feel yeah. like there's a lot of them. That's there like is, a, yeah. that's a frequent thing. It is super frequent. And the, I was actually thinking about this a real quick tangent. Yeah. Just think about this. Uh, like a lot of the myths that we talk about, like you can find it in books today mm -hmm. are all about the myths that came from like the Romans and the Greeks, because those are the things that have slowly come down to us. Yeah. But I'd be willing to bet I mean, I know if you look to other other different cultures, they have all these same things. But like we we only focus on these ones from the ancient Greeks, right? And we don't really focus as much on the ones from the other parts of the world where those other trees didn't exist in the Greek and the Roman times or place. Yeah. So you we have to say, well, what is the what's the myth of how this tree got here? You know, what's that story? Then you'd have to talk with the people that are there, which are usually the indigenous people from wherever you're at. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe this isn't exactly what you're saying, but I think that that comes with like, you know, I'm more familiar with ancient Greek mythology than I am with Chinook mythology. Yeah, which is right where you live, right? And, yeah. And I think that I think that probably is a, is a side effect of uh, genocide, Casey. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. The the United States completely like erased the or attempted to erase these people, including their cultures and mythologies. Yeah, hundred percent. That's Which exactly. Right. I've never thought of this before, but it's kind of it's kind of stunning. Um, and maybe we should maybe we should get into some more uh, indigenous uh, Turtle Island indigenous uh, mythology on this show. Oh yeah, that would be great. Yeah, we've yeah. we've done it quite a bit. We we at least used to do it when we covered a lot of the different um, native trees and kind of yeah. their, their OG uses. It, it is it is one of those things that I feel like we can never do enough of. Yeah, but maybe that's the 
the hyper vigilant white man in me. Yeah. Yes. Well, as long as we do our part. That's right. Alex. Yes. I gave it a 7.1. What do you think? (sighs) This tree of a thousand names, Mm -hmm. this hero of a thousand faces, speaking of mythology. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I like this tree. I I think I think Cooper Sacier is so curious because like mm. every tree we've ever talked about in the Cypress family yeah. is like a fucking mess. They're weird. Like we, we, we nobody can decide on anything taxonomically. Yeah. Um I just think that's really funny. It's like this it's <laughs> like this war zone of uh. of uh of binomial uh naming. Yeah. That's a, um, that's a fine description. Where I feel like most other families are very like ordered mm-hmm. and have like are like old families, you know, like the the Lannisters or like yeah. the, the Starks, uh-huh. and then Cooper Sacier is like the upstart family that's like mostly made of of like loose allegiances and cousins and inbred, you know, yeah. uncles and shit. That's so ironic because they're evolutionarily speaking, uh-huh. one of the oldest families. That's interesting. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that has to do, maybe that has to do with it. Cause we, they are, they, uh, you know, I'm just purporting here, but maybe it's like, these are so old. This family's so old that it doesn't play by like modern rules or something. Yeah, that's fair. Yes. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's exactly right. That's, uh, that's hitting on the nose. Perhaps. This tree, I have a fondness for. I love any tree that weeps even remotely. Oh, really? Yes. I, I, I had no idea. I like Coast Redwoods. I, I'm not like crazy about them. I know uh-huh. that's a little apocryphal, but apocryphal? But you and I were driving to Selwood recently, yeah. and we passed a big, almost like topiary-looking motherfucker, oh, this yeah. big weeping tree. Oh, that was a giant sequoia. Giant yeah. sequoia, excuse mm-hmm. me. And yeah, and you said, that's a giant sequoia. And it looked nothing like a giant sequoia. It looked Dumb. like a Tim Burton tree out yeah. of uh, Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. It was like this weird weeping, like kind of one-sided, you know, like a single like narrow stem with like a big weeping drape down it. Yeah. Um, and I kind it kind of made me fond for those trees. I was like, oh, it's really? weep. It does weep. You can cry. You can cry. <laughs> you feel something. Giant's tears. <laughs> um, and I, I like that. I love a Western hemlock for the same reason. Really? I just think a weeping tree is such a cool look. And it's okay. kind of stoner-esque. And like, um, it's, it's just unique looking, I think. Yeah. So that's mostly what I'm basing my rating on. All right. Um, I love any tree that has any sort of mythology around it. Uh, spoiler alert. All of them do. Nice. And I'm going to land here. Oh, man. I'm really feeling a 7.0, Casey. 7.0? Yeah. That's a good average. Yeah. All right. That 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 puts us at, set what, 7.05? 7.05. Yeah. That's good. That's really good. All right. Okay. Nice All right. job. Nice job, Alaska Yellow Cedar. Right Nika down the cedar. middle of the line. You yeah. know what? You're not hurting any direction. There's no pressure. Just, you're just doing your job. Yeah. Appreciate just, that. Hey, you know what? This is this is like a this is like a uh, this is like a silver medal. 
Yeah. And a pat on the back. Yeah, exactly. And like, but like a hearty pat on the back. Yeah. Not just like a, you know, you tried. This is, this is the watch that your boss gives you when you retire. Yeah. There it is. It's That's okay. Perfect. It's like a couple hundred dollar watch. <laughs> it's, you're, you're fine with it, but <laughs> it'll take you a couple years before you switch over to it because you really like the watch you already have. Yeah. yeah. It sits in a drawer unused. There you go. This is it. That was our review. Oh, Casey, we didn't give a, a, a cone score to wood. It's right. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. I love wood. Wood is wood is the most useful thing in the world, and it will never cease to be. I'm up. I'm right there with you, Case. All right. Done. That was our review of wood and the Nootka Cypress, the Alaska Yellow Cedar. Casey, it's time for a completely arbitrary Q&A. Let's do it, Alex. As always, I've grabbed this question from our Patreon. If you want to get questions on this podcast, or at least a shot at it, join the Patreon at the Q&A tier. That's Quercus and Alder three bucks a month and if you don't get your question on a mainline episode you know we do regular patron exclusive Q&A episodes that's right two where, month that's right where you will definitely get your question answered Casey yes I have a question here okay from our most royally named fan oh really Chandler Witherington hello Chandler I presume Chandler asks, I thought this was so interesting, and I think I know the answer, Casey. Okay. But I want to, I think that it would be great information to pass along to our fungal associates. All right. Can you talk about the difference between endemic and native species? Oh, very good question. Here's my snap answer, and then I want you to get into it. Let's do it. I believe that it is endemic means that it only grows in this place. Yes. Natively. An endemic tree is native. Correct. But a native tree is not necessarily endemic. Yeah, that's perfect. It's like a rectangle square thing. Yeah, 100% is exactly what that is. Yeah. You're you're spot on. The the thing, we talked about this with Michael uh, Kaufman. That's right. Uh, when we discussed endicism. Indis, indis, indicism. Yeah. Endicism. Thank you. The big thing is, there's not a really great definition, you know. There are certain ways you can describe an endemic species as being endemic to a certain spot. Endicism specifically means that it grows in one discrete area and nowhere else. Right. How you define that discrete area is kind of the squishy mm. part of it. So in the uh, in that episode where um, well we were talking about the brewer spruce, That's I believe. That's right. Yeah, up in the uh, Klamath Mountains. Yeah. So we were saying, well, it's an endemic tree to the Klamath Mountains, but that is what what about like a ponderosa pine is it endemic to western north america right uh and then once you get to this larger area you're like well now that doesn't really count because there's there's too much variation within your discrete space so uh the more discrete and the less variation you have would make it more of an accurate term to say it's endemic so one Mm. mountaintop is a great example. It's one an, mountain range. That's endemic as hell. Exactly. One island, because then we talked about the koa and how it's endemic to Hawaii. Right. So that is a great example of what it means to be endemic. Whereas the ponderosa pine would be native to all these different places with different kind of spaces in between. So it's native in this mountain range, but it's also native over in that mountain range, Mm. over in this area of that state and down in this section of this state, but not necessarily 
everywhere in between. Okay. So if there was a ponderosa pine that speciated over the next several million years and we had this kind of pine tree that grows here, no longer a ponderosa pine because now it's a different species, mm-hmm. on this mountain range, then there's another one on that mountain range, and there's another species on this mountain range, so on and so forth, to all the mountain ranges, then you have an endemic species to every single mountain range, which is just a little bit different than all of the other species. Right. So that is kind of the the big thing. It could be native to all these places. And if it's native to an area, if it's not a discrete enough area, or there's maybe many populations that are not necessarily connected, that's when I would say, yeah, it's native to this area or these areas, but it would be endemic if it was just one area and it's very small. The smaller it is, the more endemic I think okay. it means. Oh, 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 oh. So, yeah, this is weird. This is a little bit of a gray area, and I it, don't like yeah, it. Yeah, it really is, yeah. It's like endicism is like kind of geographically based. Well, I guess mm-hmm. it is geographically based ex- yeah. explicitly. For sure. But it's also sort of like uh, size-based. Yeah. Like if there is a species of tree, the only specimen in the world grows in your front yard. Yeah. That is like top-level endicism. Yes. Endemicism. 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 That's Thank right. you. Um, but if it's like, you know, it grows over a mountain range that 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 goes over several, like, you know, country borders. Sure, yeah. Is that still endemi- endemic? Yeah, if it's endemic to the Alps. Right. It's like, well, the I Alps guess are huge. that's fair, but it, I think that's, I would say, it's just native to the Alps. Okay. It grows in these mountains as a habitat, but it's not a very specific, particular kind of habitat. Like the siskiyous, there's a lot of endemic species because it has this certain kind of soil and it's been there for so long that certain things have grown and adjusted and adapted to this specific soil type. Sure. Therefore, they're endemic to this one area because there's no other places that are similar that it would grow even if it could find its way over there. Yeah. So with our brewer spruce, it's been growing on that mountaintop this entire time. It's native to this area. It's endemic because it doesn't grow anywhere else, as opposed to a Douglas fir or a ponderous pine that is growing everywhere else. So it's native to this big region. But is it endemic? Nah, because there's not a discrete space that we can say it only grows here. Right. So that would be, I think, the best difference. But I think you're right to say, yeah, this kind of sucks. There's not a real good definition is just kind of if it appears small and discreet enough that you can draw a clean border around it mm-hmm. that i think is what what would really put you over the edge there you go but it's definitely a spectrum also native species can grow way elsewhere yeah exactly yeah so you can have uh douglas fir is a great example where you could say that it's endemic to the western united states or western north america but there are species that grow in the high mountains or there's individual populations, not species, that grow down in Mexico, grow up in Canada, grow in New Mexico, in little bits in the Rocky Mountains, in little bits in the Cascade Mountains, all the way on the coast. So there's not a very nice, easy space that you can just draw a circle around because it's also including a bunch of places that it doesn't grow. And you have to draw a gigantic circle to include, uh, you know, a thousand different things that are very different. Thank you, Chandler, for your question. If you've got a question for us, 
Join up on the Patreon. That's patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. A-R-B-O-R-T-R-A-R-Y pod. You can find that link on our Instagram bio or just go to that website. Patreon is a subscription service for the artists that you love, including Casey and I. You can sign up for a bunch of different tiers at different price levels, and it's a monthly monthly sub. If you join that $3 tier, you can get questions on the podcast. The Above that is five bucks. You get two bonus episodes a month about other related topics and trees. That's right. Above that, of course, at $10 a month is our Cone of the Month Club, the best way to support the podcast. You get a monthly cone sticker illustrated by a different artist every single month, a different species, sent to your mailbox. We get $10 of your hard-earned money to support the podcast. (laughs) Yes. Above that is Arbitrary Plus, our live stream tier. Two live streams a month, one with Casey and I and one with just me, playing a tree or nature-themed game, video game. And of course, Casey, above that, at $20 a month, it starts at 20 is our generous admission. If you just want to go above, above, and way beyond for this podcast, that's the place to do it. We appreciate all of your support. Even if you just listen to the podcast, that's, that's right. pretty great. That's pretty great. We're so happy you're here. That's right. Casey Clapp. Alex Croson, great work today. Hey, you too. I hope you know everything there is to know about wood now. I'm a genius. Well, that's true. And gymnosperms are conifers. Yes. And angiosperms are broadleafs. I don't think I'll ever forget it, Casey. And that is a character arc. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Completely Arbitrary. We will see you next time. Goodbye. Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp. Our artwork is by Jillian Barthold, and our music is by Aves and the Mini Vandals. And you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. And find additional readings at completelyarbitrary.com. Thanks for listening. 